Hello and welcome back to Round the Archives in Conversation. I'm here, obviously. Lisa is here. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Lisa. Hello. And we have a new voice in the form of Medusa Cascade. So do, yes. welcome on board. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> nice to have you here. Now. Nice to be here. Well, you don't know that yet. <laughs> <laughs> we might prove to be awful. You never know. I doubt but, that. We, we shall see. The reason we asked you on board is that some time ago we did a piece for Martin on Vision on Sound, didn't mm -hmm. we, about reaction videos. Yes. And reaction videos is something I'm quite interested in. Mm -hmm. You run a reaction channel on YouTube, and perhaps it's best to hear from the person with the most experience in this field. Can you describe what a reaction channel actually is? So yeah, I basically sit and watch a show that I've never seen before, 99.9% .9 of the time. And I record my in real time reactions to the storylines of what's occurring through the show. And then I share it with the world. <laughs> And it is the world, isn't it? Because I was looking at your it, numbers. Yeah. You've got something like 9,000 subscribers on your channel. Yeah, it's madness. There are people that yeah. do this as a career. I don't. This is just something I do in my spare time. It's a hobby. But a lot of hours just go into it, even though it is a hobby. But there are people out there that do this full time and have a career in this um but yeah some of the view numbers get a little bit scary sometimes this is actually quite a busy weekend for you i understand in that you're obviously yes. recording with us and you've been recording elsewhere but you've still got stuff to do i mean it's half past two in the afternoon isn't it just mm -hmm. gone and i understand you've got some editing coming up to do later is that right yeah so i recorded two podcasts this morning um for various shows and then prior to that i'd actually recorded a reaction for patreon that will have just gone live as we speak and then I'm recording with you guys and then I'm editing a video for Monday straight after this and then possibly one for next Friday after that. I mean, it makes our output seem abysmally slow, doesn't yes. it, Lisa? <laughs> I mean, we, we, we feel we're good if we if we get an episode of Rare in the Archives out every three months, don't we? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, we do, we do do a few things for other people. But wh why did you feel you wanted to start a channel like this? It was just something that intrigued me actually because when I started I don't think there was really that many channels out there that focused on mainly classic British television it was more the American shows so things like Your Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, uh, Arrowverse, things like that and I thought well it's something that interests me I'm massively a fan of classic BBC shows in particular. So I thought, well, why don't I just do my own little channel in my own little bubble and just sit and watch things that not many people may have encountered before, things that I hadn't encountered before, a lot of which were recommended by my mum, who kind of grew up 
in the period of most of what I've watched, actually. So she would at first point me in the right direction of what may work, what I might enjoy. Um, so I thought, well, I'd kind of go into this little obscure section of that type of television and then it kind of just went a bit mad. Let's just run through some of the things that you've got on your channel. Obviously, you've just... Well, I say you've just finished. I'm not sure whether you, you have just finished, but you've got the whole of <laughs> classic Doctor Who on there. Uh, how yes. long did that actually take to do? And, and when did you actually finish it? It took about, in totality, to watch, record, edit. It took about four and a half years to completely get everything on YouTube, edited versions. And I finished that about two years ago, but that was the watching side of things. But the editing, obviously, because I have a full-time job, I had to just do the editing around my full-time job. So in actuality, it, it probably took about six years to get everything up onto the channel. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. I mean, we did the full watch through of Doctor Who prior to the series coming back, didn't we? So yes. we started in 2003 mm -hmm. and did one episode a night yeah. and kept that up fairly well, I think, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, so um, we got to... Um, did we ever have time a falter? Yeah. We faltered on time, on flight, time flight for some reason. We watched reason. one episode of time flight and then had a break for a day or two and then carried on. <laughs> but otherwise, we, we, were, we were pretty good in that respect. Yeah. Did you just do one episode a day or did you do did you do blocks of recording? I tended to record in blocks. So I'd watch... It would depend, actually. I think during the Hartnell, Troughton years, because the stories were a lot longer, you had more parts to each story, it took me maybe two days or three days possibly to watch something like Dalek's Master Plan. But then for something else, it would take me like an, an hour. Um, mm. So I would watch a story in an hour. But then there was there was days where I would watch maybe six or seven and then other days where I wouldn't watch any. I tend to mainly record just on weekends because that's the only free time that I really have. Um, so my Saturday Sundays were just filled with either block watching Doctor Who or trying to edit Doctor Who. <laughs> I noticed that somebody has just recently put up the War Games and it seems that it, they did it all in one day, which is oh, wow. astonishing. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done the, the whole of the War Games in one day. No. Um, I do that at least in three sittings, mm -hmm. uh, maybe four, four, wow. two, I don't know. Mm. That's amazing. We're, we're, yeah, we're watching some Pertwee at the moment, aren't we, yes. Lisa? And we're just doing two episodes, basically, at the weekend. So yeah. what's our next one? Planet of the Daleks. Planet of the Daleks, we're yeah. just about to start. Yeah. It's nice. probably about yeah, it's yeah. probably about the fourth or fifth time I've watched Planet of the Daleks, because mm -hmm. you quite like it, I do, you, yeah, because yeah. it was... Um, I saw it in the uh, when they re-ran it in 1993. Yeah. So wow. it's got interesting memories yeah so me. you would have yeah. seen episode three in black and white wouldn't you yes yeah uh which i think is getting a bit forgotten about yeah. now because the colorization of episode three is so good mm -hmm. people don't come to this story and suddenly encounter a black and white episode in the middle but can i ask how easy did you find to source all these episodes because when we did our watch through not everything was actually commercially available. I remember having to catch episodes one and four of the invasion off of somebody because mm -hmm. they, they just were not officially available. But do, do you go to BritBox? Do you use DVD, Blu-ray or, or, or a mixture? I was really lucky. My mum had them. <laughs> so <laughs> I just 
uh, acquired them from her and so it was kind of a mixture actually because she has different versions so she basically just gave me this huge box that had VHS which I had to convert DVDs and Blu-rays and she just yeah. gave me this box and said have fun <laughs> I mean that that that's the thing with with sort of you know our, our I guess our journey, Lisa, isn't mm-hmm. it? That we've been through multiple formats. Yes. That we've had these stories on, shall we say, pirate VHS. Well, you did. I, I did. did. Official VHS, mm. uh, DVD, <laughs> and now on Blu-ray. So yeah. how many copies of like the the Five Doctors oh, or Spearhead from Space too, have we owned between yeah, us? Too many copies of the Five Doctors. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And, and probably in the house, there are at least probably about three versions yeah. even now, yeah, aren't there? Because yeah. we haven't really got rid of them. So, <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking, but, actually, I'm pretty sure in in my office, there's three versions of the Five Doctors sat on a shelf. Mm, quite possibly, yeah. So that, that mean, sounds and, about right, yeah. And, and bear in mind, Lisa, we have jettisoned virtually all our VHSs as yes. well, which might yeah. cause a few people to weep. But uh, uh, literally is not is not the room. Yeah. <laughs> we we kept the covers, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. But we have nothing to play them on now. Yeah. So. Well, we kept yeah. a lot of the covers because they're signed. Yeah. It has to yeah. be said as well. So yeah. you've got a folder full of signed uh, yeah. covers signed and things covers like. And things. Yeah, things, but yeah. Things like that. Mm. But the I, I know a lot of them's great as well. Mm. Oh, absolutely! Yes, I mean there's there's, there's some very nice sort of pictures on there mm-hmm. and some very unreadable signatures it has to be said yes didn't caroline john <laughs> splod splodge all over your copy of inferno Lisa? yeah she she had a very cheap pen and she signed it and it splodged so there's a big splodge and a bit underneath that says sorry with a pointy arrow with a pointy oh. arrow even yeah. that wasn't her fault <laughs> that's really sweet it is she was lovely <laughs> but i do note that i think one thing that people asked you about on your channel and it's sort of obvious by its absence is blake seven yes so the, i the guess you'd already done you'd already I've done and now I, in deference to people who haven't um seen some of these shows I, I i will say we won't we'll try not to do any spoilers for shows like blake seven or saffron steel mm-hmm but so when did you actually do Blake Seven then? Um, I didn't when, actually when did react you watch it? to it. I watched it growing up, so it was on, it was on in the house when I was growing up in the nineties quite often. So mm. it's it is the one question I think most people who will watch more of the classic shows that I'll react to ask me: Have you seen this? Can you please watch this? And I and I try to be as polite about it as possible, but now I just don't answer because it's been six years of can you watch Black Seven? And I'm just like internally screaming. Um because <laughs> I'm like, no, I I've, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do notice that you've recently finished the prisoner. So is your is your I... mind sort of is your mind pulled back together now or um, I actually recorded those at the same time as Classic Who, so they're like oh, two, right. they're about two years old. Those videos. Oh my um, word! I just get really busy with work, so it takes yeah. me quite a long time to get the videos actually onto YouTube. So mm. a lot of them, are like for me, are a while, quite a while ago now. So my brain was is, has been okay for a while. Okay. <laughs> I think it's one of those things that, certainly with The Prisoner, you do remember when you watched those last few episodes for the first time. 
It's like when yes. McGuin has just taken over completely mm-hmm. and is just doing what the hell he wants with yeah. the series. Because I've told him it's cancelled. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to do anything at this point. But, yeah, again, I would have I would have seen The Prisoner on VHS. When, when did you first see The Prisoner, Lisa? Uh, is it me showing it to you? Yes. I think yeah. it probably is, yeah. Yeah, so that'll be from the yeah, cause, from, from the DVDs. Yeah, because we, yeah. we, you had it on DVD and then you bought a DVD player and it wouldn't play The Prisoner. So you had to swap oh, my the very, DVD Oh, my very first DVD, DVD player, player wouldn't yeah. play The Prisoner. It refused. I, it, was, it was in the very early days of DVD and mm. there was something about some certain players had problems with certain discs. It, it's nothing to do Maybe with... Maybe like, it was it, the it was, general. <laughs> It's nothing to do with it being an American release or anything silly like that. It was just no. It's just it, yeah. it, it would just spit it out and say no, nope, not playing that. It's too weird for me. <laughs> <laughs> you also, I would say, dabble, but it's hardly dabbling. Babylon Five, you're reaching the end of on your channel, and I guess that's been a bit of a journey for you. It's been an emotional <laughs> journey, actually. I think it's the one show that has took me by surprise the most how basically captivated I was by it. So I think there's three left to go up onto YouTube at this point. But for me, I finished it about two two months ago, I think I watched the last episode. I'm now in the process of watching the spin-off, which is Crusade, which I'm halfway through. And yeah, it just went absolutely bananas. And I think I jumped from about two and a half thousand subscribers to just shy of 10,000 in the space of watching it, which has just been (laughs) mind boggling, actually. And it's just been an emotional roller coaster, but I enjoyed every single second of it, really. And I understand you've had some some sort of support from a certain creator involved with the show as well. Is that true? Yeah. uh, Joe is lovely he's a really sweet guy who on occasion drops me an email which is just insane to think about but he's just been brilliant actually and really supportive and i have like a patreon where people can watch the full length versions as opposed to the edited free ones that are on youtube which he very kindly joined i think when i started season two and is still there and is watching through the spin-off with me and the movies with me and it's just been a bit of a madness actually and just nothing I ever expected it's been so strange <laughs> well it's, it's just interesting I find that you, you start to do this stuff and just occasionally you'll, you'll make connections with people that are very very close to the show and I think that I think that's yeah. wonderful yeah. but that's been the uh, biggest thing for me I think is just how sweet people have been like obviously you get the odd one where they're they're not that nice, but then you get some really nice nice people. So it is lovely. Have have you found fandom, Doctor Who fandom and beyond, to be a welcoming place generally? Reece, uh, to be honest, I I mute a lot of the Doctor Who fandom on Twitter, just <laughs> because within the last maybe four or five years there has been a lot of discourse on there and a lot of arguments and. I just completely block myself from it now and just don't pay any attention to it because I I do feel like in the last few years especially it has taken a bit of a not a nice turn really and the drama's just not for me so I just ignore it and I reacted to Flux but I didn't make it public reactions I just did it as like a Patreon exclusive because of that discourse 
and there's things like that which you don't think you need to take into consideration that I then had to take into consideration when I was releasing them. So I I do feel bad that you know a lot of people have missed out on seeing those, but I had to do it for my own mental health at the same time because of some of the th- comments that would filter through, especially on YouTube. Not toward me, but more toward the show and other people that were commenting on those videos. So I, I did have to take steps to try and kind of make it a safe space for people really but what about you lisa because you're from the days <laughs> i mean you joined fandom what when would you say you joined fandom late 80s early 90s uh, um, yeah early early 90s after after classico finished yeah and i i looked for another way to be involved in doctor who mm. and that way way was to join the doctor who appreciation society if it were not for which we would not be sitting here because it's, it's a whole series of events that yeah. led me to get a tape zine, which led me to become involved with our group of fans, group yeah. of fans yeah. and led us to seeing here. Um, so, yeah, it would have been sort of, I think it was 1990, 1991. Yeah. So. But didn't you get told once you couldn't be a Doctor Who fan because you were a girl? Is yes, that right? I did. Yes. <laughs> I. It was very, it was either the first day or very early on after I joined um, secondary school. Yeah. And I had a... While we were waiting for the teacher to come into the class, I had a Doctor Who novelisation from the library. I cannot remember what it was. No. No. Might have been horror or hang rock, but I might just be... Because that cover is so memorable, I might just be putting it in there. (laughs) So I I get the book out of my school bag and I'm having a sort of flick through it or reading it and a boy looks at it and says, you quite like Doctor Who, you're a girl. And I think (laughs) I just sort of looked at him and rolled my eyes and didn't take any notice was that it at that point you determined to learn more oh, about yeah. doctor who than anybody at i that, probably yeah. knew about doctor who more, more than, than him anyway and yeah. he did anyway yeah because <laughs> yeah. you know i i wasn't a huge fan then but i'd i'd been read the novelizations my mum used to read me a chapter or two of the novelizations every night yeah. when i was sort of younger and then there, I had, there was a shelf above my bed and i'd wait till i hear it get downstairs then i'd sneak a look at what happened next just to see <laughs> spoilers yeah i'm terrible for spoilers i do it now still so yeah and then i got um i remember getting the 20th anniversary it was either the dot who magazine special or the radio time special i can't remember which one it was yeah i saw it in a news agent and had to ask obviously you know i was um 11 so you don't have that sort of money when you're 11 because it was about three or four quid which was quite a lot of money back then mm. doesn't sound a lot now but it was you know, it's probably the equivalent to about 10 quid now so i got that um and then for for christmas one year i got um a tape cassette player and i got a state of decay on cassette yeah my parents knowing that i like doctor who bought me that yeah so i was very familiar with that version of state of decay and tom baker's reading of it yeah so voices. what's the earliest story you can remember, Lisa? See, it's, I, I'm always a bit you, embarrassed you, because... Is it The Visitation? It's Yeah, it's it's Peter Davison's first season. Yeah. And um, technically, I should really be able to remember Tom Baker's last couple. Yeah. But we were always at my grand's or, or my grandparents on a Saturday. Drinking lemonade. Drinking flat lemonade. That's a whole different story. Um, <laughs> and I probably would not have been allowed to watch it. No. 
so it's, I missed so out the move on the whole to seasons. Weekdays. Yeah, meant that I could actually watch, watch it. it. Oh, that's yeah. So. You see, I, I'm so old I can remember Pertwee's last season, <laughs> which makes me feel like it should be covered in cobwebs. <laughs> but growing up, you, you said your your mum sort of had this collection. Can you yes. remember your first encounter with Doctor Who? What's I remember f- seeing an image. All that the earliest memory for me of Doctor Who was an image of William Hartnell hiding behind a bush. And I remember being scared because he had the longest fingers that I had ever seen <laughs> on a person. Pardon? And are you that sure is the, as- the earliest sure? memory of Doctor Who that I have. Are you sure the telly was in the right aspect ratio? Oh, no, it hasn't got long fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but I must have been maybe four, five, yeah. something like that. So have you been able to work out what that is? No. Oh. I okay. still do to this day do not recall what story that was Ooh, it's one of those weird I just I... remember he's hiding behind a bush and there's Daleks it could yeah. be Dalek Master Plan actually it could be one of the parts of Dalek Master Plan Oh, but I just pro- remember he's behind a bush mm. and there's some Daleks in the background and he's in the foreground kind of crouched down does sound like the start of Day of Armageddon to me but that it wasn't could be. found I was going to say, when was Day of Armageddon found? 2004? Something, something like that, yeah. Yeah, unless oh. there's a, yeah I was going to say, unless there are a couple of Maybe film it's clips. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because I remember when Day of Armageddon was, was found and we went round somebody's house to watch it, didn't we? Because did. yeah. <laughs> oh, right. I would have been 17 then, yeah, so say, it's definitely yeah. not that. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you unless you saw the coffee that had been knocking around, because yeah, maybe you, my mum has the original and she should never <laughs> told anybody. <laughs> you never know. But also, also going back through your uh, through your channel, you've you've embarked on Danger Man, which is a show I yes. I know very little about. So so, how are you doing with Danger Man? I'm not doing too bad. I'm I, I think. I'm about 14 episodes in, I think, of season one. Um, It's kind of a similar format to Classic Who, actually. They're very short episodes with very long seasons. The first season especially, I think there's 39 episodes in season one. Um, So it's quite reminiscent of the Hartnell, Troughton years. Hmm. And it's okay. It's not too (laughs) bad. It's took me by surprise a little bit. It's very episodic in its format, so there doesn't seem to be at the moment an arc for me to follow. It's just a different case each each episode with him working as part of a a group for NATO, I think it is. And what's what threw me the most is that he has an American accent in it. Uh, and I, I didn't gonna, expect uh, that at all. I was gonna ask Because about I'm just that. so used to him being number six. <laughs> Does he just stop at some point doing doing that accent? I'm not sure. Because doesn't it go to 50-minute episodes? I'm not sure. I, 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 gen- no I genuinely idea. don't know. I haven't but, looked uh, at the run length from season two on the on the DVDs yet, so I, I'm not too sure about that. Because it does go into colour briefly as well, I seem to remember. Um, I, I, yeah, I've not I mean, seen it. Oh, we have it. Yeah. I, I'm I'm no expert. I mean, again, we've we've got we've got if we got the whole show in the house. Yeah, we've got the whole show in the house. There we've probably somewhere. got books on the subject. It's just mm. that it's it's sort of lower down on our list, isn't yeah. it? Of of things to do. We've got such a long list of yeah things to things to get round to, to doing. Yeah. I know how that feels. And you're also doing the Nightmare Man, 
which uh, is, oh, is not, not so well remembered. One. Oh, right. Oh, is it? Ah. <laughs> it's just taken time for me to actually <laughs> make it public. Same with ah. Moondial. They, they were all recorded around the same time as the Prisoner Doctor Who. They were all recorded around the same time. You see, there I thought you'd, you'd, you'd timed it to release with Michael Seeley's book on The Nightmare Man. <laughs> I thought you were being very clever there, but clearly not. <laughs> I, I'm not that bright. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, The Avengers then. Early, yes. ev- early black and white Avengers. So I'm going to assume now that anything on your channel might be years old. So. <laughs> um, that one I watch very sporadically. I'm, I think I'm on episode 10 of season two. So that one I watch maybe once, once, possibly twice a month. So it's not something I watch on a regular basis. It's just kind of one of my, oh, I'll fan- I fancy watching one of those today. I have a similar thing with the original series of Star Trek. So I'll be like, oh, I'll watch one of those because I have been reacting to that. It's just a bit of a nightmare with Paramount um, <laughs> to actually get those on YouTube. Yeah. So they aren't on there and they are just on, at the moment, Patreon. But I kind of switch between those two and I'll watch the odd episode every few weeks or so and then I'll throw it onto Patreon as like a little extra but in terms of the Avengers, I'm not that far into the second season. I mean, this is probably a good point. You, you mentioned it there, is to talk about copyright and the actual difficulty yes. of getting some of these clips onto YouTube and getting them to stay on YouTube as well. So, so take us through how you edit a video and how, how you encounter problems or not with copyright. I I do multiple edits, which might sound crazy to some people. It is it is actually crazy. So I'll do an initial edit, which is the full reaction, and that will go on to Patreon. But then when it comes to YouTube, YouTube allows for up to 10 minutes of copyrighted material to be used within a reaction video or a review or a commentary video. Copyright owners, however don't always agree with that so the bbc can get back to you and say yes youtube allow for 10 minutes but actually we will only let you use eight minutes for this particular story which happened to me quite a lot on season 11 of recent new who um so jody's first season they were very strict with eight, eight minutes or eight minutes 30 seconds with me on that one so it depends on the owner of the material warner brothers were absolutely perfect with me up until halfway through season four of Babylon 5 and then became incredibly strict. So you have to edit a certain way to get through the copyright barrier with those guys. You can do an appeal or you can do a dispute, which can go either way. If you do a dispute and they say, no, you've got to re-edit your video to fit the parameters of what they want you to use, if you still disagree with it, then you can launch an appeal. They can then get back to you and say that appeal's not been successful. They can do two things in that case. They can ask you to take the video down without any repercussions and they give you seven days or they can immediately strike your channel for copyright infringement. And if you get three of those, your channel is automatically terminated by YouTube and you lose everything and you are then blocked from creating a new YouTube account. So that's something obviously to bear in mind especially if you've put the amount of hours into it that a lot of reactors do put into it you get companies like mgm however who 
tend to be okay. They just take quite a while to get back to you. So usually if you put in a dispute, it can take up to 28 days for them to say either yes or no to you using the material in your video. MGM are quite good and they tend to get back to you within a day. I'm quite lucky because my degrees that I did at university are in theatre, film, television production. So I studied a lot of copyright law and media law. So I know how to word arguments and how to get through that copyright process. A lot of people, unfortunately, don't have that background knowledge. So I use that in my arguments as to say why the footage I use should be allowed to be used. And 99% of the time, my video just gets released and they're okay with that. A lot of it is so that people can't make money off their products, which I completely understand because it's, it's, it's their property, it's their show. I don't monetize my channel because I don't do this as a job. So it's not something that interests me. But I know there's a lot of reactors out there that do have monetized channels and they rely on getting those videos through a copyright so that they can earn money from it. But they have to prove that they've added significant amount of input into the video. So they've changed it, they've added music, they've done enough to make it not just solely them sat watching a film or a TV show. Mm because yeah. then they they are just making money from someone else's content. So there are a lot of struggles when it comes to copyright, but because I have that background, I don't get as much problems as I know other people do. Because I remember a few months ago, you were saying some of your saffron steel ones suddenly started disappearing. Um, so... As soon as they landed on BritBox, all of my videos uh, got right, blocked yeah. by ITV, yeah but they'd had no issue with them prior to them going on to streaming. But as soon as I put in disputes, they were all released within about 12 hours, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah. But do you believe that everybody in the world should get to see Saffron Steel? Yes. <laughs> Why? Why? What's so good about <laughs> Saffron Steel? <laughs> Everything, I think. Um, <laughs> David McCallum is number one on my list. Number two on my list is Joanna Lumley. And I like weird things. And to me, that's probably one of the most quintessential British madness things that you will ever encounter. And I like the darkness of it, actually. I think that's what appealed to me the most was just actually how dark it was. Like, I still don't think I've gotten over the lady in the painting oh, and yes, what happened yes, to yes. her. So <laughs> that still to this day traumatised me, knowing that and you know the creepy children. And I just think because as Brits have such a macabre sense of life, really, that yeah. we make shows like this that are just amazing. I mean, again, Saffron Steel, I think I came to Saffron Steel on pirate video a mm -hmm. year or two before the official releases mm. came out. What be I think you showed Lisa? me again. Yeah, yes. I, I think yes. we had some multi-generation yeah. copies. Yeah. And I have no memory, apart from a couple of scenes of story five of actually seeing it on original transmission i'm old enough to have seen it yeah but it just seemed to have passed me by <laughs> at the time i remember in the early 90s just becoming really rather obsessed with sapphire and steel mm. and it, it's one of the few yeah. series i've ever wanted to write fan fiction for and you, know? you kind of did and i sort of did yeah, yeah. and you said it's pj and Hammond. i sent it to pj hammond and yeah. he was nice about it yeah so <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> somewhere I've still got the letter that you sent mm. me. He was actually very encouraging. Mm. So that, that that was nice. So again, it's that little connection you make with the mm-hmm. with the creator of a show, and they don't mind what you're doing. No, that that, that yeah. that's the that's the nice feeling, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, do you have a preference for multi-camera studio stuff? I notice. You know, a, a lot of your sort of telefantasy stuff is is sixties and seventies. So, do you prefer yeah. that to single camera, or or you take it and li- take it or leave it? I can take it or leave it. I think because I grew up in a household where I just watched everything I could get my hands on. Because from a really young age, I was just obsessed with film and and TV, and it was very much encouraged by my family to pursue doing that as a career. Mm. So I would just consume as much as possible, but I don't mind either. I'm happy to watch anything in either category, really. I think they both appeal to me for very different reasons. So the multi-camera or a single camera, I, I can get lost in a scene regardless of how it's shot, as long as it's shot well. So it doesn't really matter to me that much. I mean, are there shows you'd like to do reactions to that you just can't get hold of? Or how how available is this material these days? It's better than what it was when I started the channel. So I started the channel six years ago and BritBox wasn't a thing. So Mm. that's why I had a lot of my mum's copies of things. And it's easier now to get a hold of the more classic British things because of BritBox or ITVX or however they've rebranded it. But obviously with Amazon Prime has been really useful because they've been putting things on like Stargate, which I've started recently. And Babylon 5 was on there for a while. I did have to buy imports for Farscape because they didn't seem to be... region b release of the blu-ray for Farscape for some strange reason i was just unable to get a hold of it in the uk either through retailers or amazon or zavi Uh, so i had to get an import for that one so it it is easier to get a hold of stuff now i think Uh, there are some things where like wartime was something that i ended up buying the vhs of actually and then just i converted it so that I could then screen capture it. So there's been occasions where I've had to do that for for some things. Yeah, I think wartime. I don't think I'd even seen it until you put it up on your channel. I honestly have. So strange. Ha- yeah, it's it's it just slipped through the net for me. It's it's very odd. So, you know, some of the other stuff I'd seen like Shakedown and and Downtime, but but that one, I just, I don't know why I never saw it. I don't know, <laughs> but some DVDs I've noticed have started to go out of print because mm-hmm. I've sort of looked at things occasionally on Amazon because occasionally you, you sort of say, is, is that still available? And there's stuff going now for silly money, mm. um, so, some of the sort of 70s series. So I, th- I, th- I think it's sort of, you know, w- worth keeping an eye on, on some of these. I but- recently bought Man in a Suitcase. I think it was a network box set, actually. Yeah. And... That actually took me surprised at how much that cost. 
I mean, you you love a network sale, don't you? Oh Lisa? God, yeah. I've just bought some more stuff. <laughs> what, have you just, what have you just got, Lisa? Uh, just got ordered Richard the Lionheart. Why which, have you ordered Richard the Lionheart? Um, because of the theme because tune, of the isn't theme it? Song. It's a, the theme song. Goes. It's appallingly bad, but it's 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 yeah. So who's in that? Dermot Walsh. So what year is this? It's early sixties, right. not late fifties. Early sixties. I know. I'm just going to watch it and wince at all the historical inaccuracies <laughs> uh, in it. And I also ordered Riley Ace of Spies because Sam Neill's in it, and I'm on a bit of a Sam Neill thing yeah. at the moment because I'm just about to rewatch Jurassic Park yeah. for a thing. I was going to ask, have you seen William Russell in Sir Lancelot? No, I have not. Oh, I was going. If you like your William Russell. Hmm. Um, that might be an interesting one to and and your weird theme tunes because you were just saying about weird theme tunes, yeah. Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's that, that that's basically William William Russell just a few years before it's being about Ian. five years before yeah. before he gets cast as Ian. Because yeah. I think when they cast him as Ian, they did they did a really good thing because uh, he and William Hartnell were probably the best known two best known actors in it because mm. obviously William Hartnell had the film career, yeah. but William Russell was a was a television. Yeah star he was a heartthrob i think that's the thing that people coming to season one of doctor who don't realize how big a name william russell actually was at the time mm. anyway let's do some desert island doctor who with you shall we <laughs> <laughs> go for it so Hartnell era give me give me some of your favorite stories oh God. Uh, dalek's master plan is massively up there for me just the scale of it i think was immense was it 12 parts to that story that's just insane to me actually that they would even do something on on that scale i am a massive fan of the savages and i kind of clocked quite quickly what was going on in that especially with what was happening to the people but i think that's just because i've just consumed so much over the years i kind of click on to certain plot lines and it kind of just, I'm like, oh, that's where we're going with this. I also don't mind the Celestial Toymaker. That's probably one that I would love to see in its originality, just because, you know, Michael Goff as well. So they're probably my go-tos for Hartnell. Lisa, go and do your Michael Goff story. Oh, gosh. I had the pleasure of, because um, uh, I, I work in uh, retail in a, in a supermarket and i had the pleasure of serving michael goff 15 16 years ago yeah, now he was very old he was he was quite old at the time and he they it was him and his wife and all they had was a bottle of gin and some raspberries and the raspberries <laughs> fell off the conveyor belt and went all over the floor so we, we had to get him some so more you were showered by michael goff's raspberries yes. which is not a claim everyone no. can make and then he he was um he forgot his pin number for his card so his wife had to shout it across to him and then, then he said to me, I'm, I'm very old, my dear. But he was very charming. You, you could just tell it. Even yeah. I had the tiniest bit of interaction with him. But it, the, the charm just rolled off him like waves. You could see why he was he always with the ladies. Yes. You, there's always, when, even when you watch him in Bat, like the Batman, Tim Burton Batmans, there's always a little twinkle in his eye. Yeah, he was... Very nice. I mean, you're saying about Master Plan. I would love for episode seven of Master Plan to be recovered, <laughs> not because of the Merry Christmas at home thing, but because we're such huge right. fan, fans of Z cars. I just want to see what the set for the police station looks like and whether it looks the same as the set in Z cars. <laughs> oh, that's a but good yes. point, actually. See, my initial thought would have gone 
to was that like a Dixon of Doc Green set or something? But I don't know. The original draft script was intended for some of the cast of Zed Cars, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Zed Cars at this point is about to mutate into Softly Softly, its own spin off series. So, um, oh, I didn't know that existed. Yeah, so, so the last few episodes of Zed Cars are recorded December. 65 and softly softly launches the first week or so of 66 Mm -hmm. so the production team of zed cars are are basically preoccupied with doing this yeah and the thought of having to get involved in the doctor who spin-off as well was was too much which is why the producer goes no we're not doing that (laughs) so yeah there there was the thought of having brian blessed and it wouldn't be Brian Matthews, would it, at that point? Oh, Brian's left at that yeah. point, hasn't so he? So it'd be but Colin Welland or... It's Colin Welland, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. James Ellis or somebody. Yeah. yeah. So. But oh. unfortunately, the last couple of Zed cars from that period don't exist, and neither do the first few Softly Softlies. So you can't quite see how oh, they do the transition. Yeah. It's a real pain in the, pain in the backside. Yeah, because we have seen one of the early softly softlies yeah and it's got alexis canner in it from from the prisoner from the prisoner, from the prisoner. And he's pl- yeah and he's playing it, yeah. yeah he's playing it exactly the same yeah you think he's weird in the prisoner mm. well he's weird in softly <laughs> softly too there's really not much difference no, that's his acting style is he, is he trying to do an accent i have that? no idea what accent he's doing no idea because barry letts is in that doing some sort of yeah. west country accent yeah. well, as well. it's meant to be sort of bristol isn't it something so, like that yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, th- th- this is one of our bugbears that you can't officially officially get much of Zed cars. There was w- a, a few DVD releases, mm-hmm. but ag- again, if it was more available, I think you know people would actually enjoy it. But but there you go. Anyway, Troughton, Troughton. What Troughtons would you take with you on a on a desert island? War games would be up there, just because it's one of the best things in the world yeah. uh, the invasion for me it's just that iconic shot isn't it of the cybermen coming yeah. down the steps with st paul's in the background brilliant <laughs> i would probably also take with me i'd have to take tomb of the cybermen with me mm. i don't think there's any way i couldn't just for sheer joy and madness i would take the underwater menace <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a good answer <laughs> Just for that, yeah. you know, the crazy scientist, and it's so mighty boosh that I have to take it with me. Um, and then the moon base, because I adore Benoit. And his cravat. Mm. <laughs> yes. I remember when Tomb of the Cybermen was recovered. Yes. I remember getting the edition of, I think DWB had it on the front cover. Yeah. Tomb recovered. And yeah. I remember how the postman delivered it, and I mm. opened the envelope, and I went, What? Two with the Cybermen. Because it was that story that we always used to joke about being found. Mm -hmm. I remember we wrote a sketch once. It was about a year before it was recovered, where where the joke was two with the Cybermen had been found. (laughs) And then, blow me, a year later or so, it did actually turn up. So so that was exciting. Yeah. Pertwee there. Now, uh, we've just watched Inferno, haven't we? We've watched watched one story from from every season season. up to series Season ten, yes. Yeah, and I noticed that Inferno was just in vote, just been voted top story in the DWM yeah. poll. I love Inferno; yeah. quite it's right. my favourite yeah. favourite Pertwee. Yeah, but it, uh, I, I assumed that Inferno was a given. But what else does it for you when it comes to Pertwee? I have a really soft spot for Death to the Daleks. 
because of Bilal. And I just think he's like one of the sweetest characters we had. And I don't know, he was just adorable. I think that's the only reason why he's in there, to be honest. I'm a huge fan of the Ambassadors of Death. I love the whole kind of mission control setting of that. That really appealed to me. Um, I really liked that. I quite like the mind of evil as well, actually. We we just rewatched that, that, actually. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I do, it's just the, the whole prison setting, which... Is that the prison from Porridge? <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Not, is it a couple of years oh, okay. too early for yeah. Porridge, but... <laughs> okay, that was like my first thought. I was like, that must have been where they filmed Porridge. And then obviously The Three Doctors is probably yeah. up there as well. Inside Bilal is Arnold Yarrow. Mm-hmm. And Arnold Yarrow was also script editor for Softly Softly Task Force. Yes. He's not only an actor, he's he's a damn good writer in mm-hmm. in there as well. I, I could almost imagine him getting Terry Nation's script for Death of the Daleks and suggesting a few changes, going, <laughs> oh, I'll script edit this if you like. <laughs> but we've been watching a lot of Ronnie Allen from Ambassadors yes. of Death, hasn't we, Lisa? Yes. Why have we been watching a lot of Ronnie Allen? Because we are currently working our way through the uh, Noel Gordon Crossroads box set. Yeah. We've actually got a quite a, a big run of episodes at the moment that do exist that do right. exist we've got about another disc before we get a gap mm. but he's terribly good yeah. he's terribly good but he's, he's very he comes in and goes hello Meg yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he's got his big pimp coat he's got yeah. his big pimp coat yeah on he as wears well, this sort of coat with a fur collar but he never actually wears it properly he just has it over his shoulders yeah he should have had that in ambassadors of death yeah because he? he could just have swished in with it come in and go hello doctor yeah <laughs> yes, he's, 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 he's a really good actor yeah yeah there's a lot to choose from in the tom baker era but uh th- throw us some names of favorite stories there then my immediate go-to is always the seeds of doom it's oh. my favorite Oh, it's you're, my favourite. It's you're you're welcome back it. around the archives <laughs> <laughs> because I think it's probably got one of my favourite and if not best supporting casts of a story. It mm. is just oh, it's just absolutely and the gruesomeness of like putting people in that compost machine. Oh, genius! Mm. Love it. I also have to throw in Robots of Death because I have such love for that story it is just madness like it's one of the best things that i think came out of leela's run actually was that story it was just unbelievable but i also have a little bit of a soft spot as controversial as this might be for the talons of wang chayan just because of jago and lightfoot they are you've got just... a picture with them haven't you lisa we have we, we, we have a picture fantastic with them, yeah. there, there characters yeah. There's you yeah. sitting in the middle of them in that yes. picture up there, me looming in the background because yes. I didn't have a seat. No, <laughs> no it's, uh, the Talents of Untrain is a great story. You just have to look at it beyond yeah. of what it is. and It's it's a representation, it's there, a representation of the time it was made, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. So, yeah. There are a lot worse things, believe me. Yeah, if you think Talents yes. is bad, you haven't seen Peter Salis pretending to be Chinese yeah. in Sergeant Cork yeah. in the 60s. And they make no... They don't even try and make him up do they no. it's just it's just peter salis trying to do an accent yeah that is yes so it's, yeah <laughs> anyway um 
Yes, totally agree with you on Seeds of Doom. It scared the bejesus out of me at the uh, on original transmission. Absolutely, st- I was e- I was even scared with the cover of the book because it had a picture of the crinoid on it. I remember going to Longleat, mm. the exhibition at Longleat, and the crinoid was there. I almost didn't go beyond the the door. You know, because the crinoid was the first thing through the door and I didn't want to walk past it in case it got me. So, yeah. But my parents were going, we've paid to go in now. You're bloody well going in. Go on. Boot boot me past the crinoid. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, a certain John Chalice is rather dear to our hearts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One of the few actors ever to send a sweeties through the post as well. So that that was lovely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One one Christmas, he sent us... uh, what was it? Um, New Newbury fruits. Yeah, and Newbury like fruits in an Italian version of yeah. Newbury fruits. So that was that yeah. was lovely of him. <laughs> that was that was very well received. But on, on to Davison. I love Castrovalva. I I just think it's a lot a lot of fun. Kinder is another one that I adore. Anything with Tegan in, <laughs> I will put on any list really because she is one of my favorite people i have to also throw in there just because of the performance enlightenment was just joy it was bananas didn't really (laughs) make much sense but i loved it i thought it was great the whole ship's racing to the end and i really like that whole black guardian arc actually i have quite a soft spot for terlo which it might sound a bit strange i love terlo i think terlo is great so to like have him going through this, you know, crisis of conscience for such a long time before, you know, like the doctor's like, yeah, I knew what was happening. Hi. And this poor lad's been suffering this entire time with, do I kill this guy? Do I not kill this guy? But the awakening is also one that I like. I love that face in the wall. I think been, that's amazing. We've been to the and church there, I'm, haven't we, Lisa? Mm, yeah. 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 <laughs> and then uh, Caves of Androzani, I love. Again, a local one to us because filmed in mm. one of our local sand pits as well. So. Yes. <laughs> and anything Dorsety always goes down well with me for <laughs> obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that kind of freaks me out though is the gimp mask. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Lisa, you nearly helped Peter Davison with his shopping once, didn't you? Nearly. Well, you had to stop yourself. No, I wasn't there. It was Warren. Wasn't oh, it was it? Warren. Oh, yes. you, yeah, all right. Had I been there, I would have gone and sorted him. him out. Yeah, he was yeah, using. Pit- Using a self-scan in a, a um, Tesco's, a Tesco's yeah. it, when he was at a convention. And having and it, problems Apparently with he it. was shouting at the till because it kept saying there was nothing in the bagging area. It is there. There, were, there might have been some expletives <laughs> involved. I can, imagine you, I can imagine if you were there, you'd have ushered him out of yeah. the way. Right, stand thought, away. Right, stand away, Davison. I'll do it for you. <laughs> Which yeah. might have been funny. Colin Baker era. What do you make of, of Colin in the role? Um, I, I struggled at first. But then mm. we hit the entire season of Trial of a Time Lord and I think possibly became one of my favourite seasons of the whole classic run. I loved that. It. it was just amazing to watch it unfold over this period of time. And I mean, if you get Honor Blackman in a series like that, what that one arc was, I'm in. I'm sold. And McCoy. I still don't know what happened in Ghostlight. I'm That's still correct. processing yes. that. slightly i adored the absolute madness that was paradise towers loved it like those two women just wanting to eat everything and everybody and i don't know there was something about that story as bananas as it was that i that i really liked 
and then obviously you had survival which you know ended it, it, it that voiceover at the end i think was just a perfect way to sign off really and then you had like absolute bangers thrown in there like the great show and the galaxy and i think out of sylvester's the one that i adored the most was probably the curse of fenric Low with Cove, been mm. there, haven't you, Lisa? Yeah. You're saying and you've got pa- Parsons. Ah, yes. yes. You were saying about Paradise Terrors. In some ways, your reaction channel is a sort of live equivalent of the audience research that the BBC used to do, in that we actually see you react to a story and what you think of it as it unfolds. Yeah. But I've got some info here um, for some late 80s stories... And BBC used to send out these questionnaires to people. Um, say, so, did you find it entertaining or boring? Did you like Colin Baker? Did you like Sylvester McCoy? And things like that. Is the timing of the show okay? Is it too violent? And things like that. So, for example, 76% of people found Mind Warp to be entertaining. <laughs> and 35% of people found Time Lash to be boring. <laughs> I mean, how, how can I it be boring? I actually quite like Time Lash. I was going to say, how can it be boring with Paul Darrow doing that acting thing yes. in it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a specific question for Paradise Towers. And it says, do you wish Bonnie Langford had been eaten in Paradise Towers? And the response, <gasps> and the response was 65% of people said yes. Poor Bonnie. Poor Bonnie. Honestly. Oh, that's that's a mic. There unfair, were a lot but... of screams, weren't they, <laughs> in Paradise Towers? I think the, mo- the majority of Bonnie's screams throughout her run, bless her, came in Paradise Towers. <laughs> but I just like the fact that somebody actually sat down and thought that up as a question yeah. for the audience research yes. panel. <laughs> it's possibly a joke question, but uh, but. There you go. <laughs> So, but you know, people would have took it seriously. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So, um, what what's the future for your channel then? Are you are you going to keep going with this? I mean, I've got such a list. So there there are a lot of things that I I want to get through. I just because I just do this on a casual basis, it just take me longer to get through things. The majority of shows that get given to me as suggestions tend to be like ones that go on for quite a long time so obviously with Farscape I had four and a half seasons so that was like 90 episodes I believe it was and then obviously with Babylon 5 that's over 100 episodes and then there's the spin-off there's made for TV movies so that went on for quite a while with Stargate I've got 10 seasons of the main show four seasons of one spin-off, three seasons of another spin-off, two films, and then there's recently been another spin-off. So that one will probably take me quite a while. And then obviously Danger Man isn't the smallest series in the world, neither is the Avengers. So I, at the moment, I'm trying to just stick to shows that are a little bit shorter in length, just for my own sanity, and just because I don't have the time really to fully commit to multiple shows that are very, very large in terms of the seasons so the only one that i'm all in on at the minute is probably stargate but i do try and throw in smaller shows kind of your more classic tv shows so like you'll get the odd episode of danger man and then the nightmare man moon dial children of the stones the changes that i threw in there just to shake things up a little bit just because it was easier for me to 
get videos out there and not have to dedicate such a large amount of my free time to them. Um, so it probably will continue, but two, three years down the line, I may be gone, so who knows. <laughs> well, I just noticed, it says on your channel, you've got 1.1 thousand videos on there. Yes. Which is a hell of a lot of work. 750-ish, I think, a Doctor... Oh, no, 800 or so a Doctor Who related, I think. Yeah, but you might, you might like to know that if you were, for example, to react to the whole of Dark Shadows, which our friend Paul would be very keen for you to do. That would be 1,225 episodes. Of there just are, Dark Shadows? Of just Dark Shadows. Not all of those exist, though, do they? One episode only oh, is, is missing. One? Okay. There's only one missing oh, okay. episode of Dark Shadows and the audio, and there is a reconstruction of okay. it. Okay. So, wow. Yeah, not suggesting that you ever do it, but if you did, even that one show alone would keep you going for years. So I, I think you've got a, I think you've got a long future ahead of you with this channel. To be honest, <laughs> there's just so much stuff to do, and there is a lot I'd like to explore. I, I at some point I do want to watch UFO. It's just it's quite far down on my list. That's the only <laughs> the only thing with that one. Well, um, we'll wish you luck for the future of your channel. So it's thank Ma you. it's Medusa Cascade on. YouTube, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And also on it on Twitter. So yes, yeah, we we definitely recommend uh, seeking you out. So mm -hmm. thank you for joining us today. Uh, hope You're you enjoyed welcome. it. It's been a pleasure. Yes, well, um, you'd be very welcome to come back at some point in the future. Yes, <laughs> it's always good to have new people. That's it is. the thing. Yes. So we'll say thank you very much and <laughs> say ta to the listeners. So bye 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 bye. <laughs>